the Better Brew Podcast. Calling all business owners, busy bees, and wannabes. If you're here, you're in the right place. I'm Stephanie Huffman, owner of Bosco, Bailey, a business, and a bursa. Each week, I'll take you behind the barista bar and share with you the recipes for juggling the lattes of life while looking for that perfect blend. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of your week. Now let's get down to business. The Better Brew Podcast was started for people like you and me. We're trying to run a business, a home, and a life. Contrary to what some people might think, it's not easy, and sometimes we're just faking it as we're trying to juggle all of those plates. This month, our theme has been unexpected transitions. We've been talking about the here, there, and everywhere of running a business, a home, and a life. In today's episode, we're going to meet and learn from a person who truly understands what it is to run a business, a home, and a life, and what it's been like in the here and now during the great pandemic. So here we go. She started selling Avon door-to-door at 10 before she even wore makeup. She wrote her first business plan for a cake baking service at 12, which she pitched to her parents for capital for supplies to get started. (laughs) She delivered pizzas by boat for Domino's, yes, you heard that right, signed onto a cruise line to save money for graduate school the fastest way possible, which I'm going to try to have to figure that one out. She has two master's degrees. She has spent her career in healthcare, supporting hospitals in their business development until she had the idea for her current venture where she has built a software as a service company. It made $1 million in revenue in the first four years, and she's grown it to just shy of $10 million. Today, she resides in Nashville and in Chicago with one business, two homes, two cars, two cats, and two parents to worry about. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Gail Matezik. Welcome, Gail. Hey, Stephanie. <laughs> okay, I have to be honest. You got to tell me about the job for Domino's Pizza. A boat? Yeah, I was working, you probably all have heard of this place now, uh, COVID's made it popular, Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, Yeah, where the people weren't social distancing, which is not a surprise <laughs> at all. Um, I lived there one summer, and I had two jobs. I worked at a golf course restaurant during the day, uh, just for the lunch service, and then I literally was in a boat delivering pizzas. We had like a six-mile radius. Yeah, and they let us take these boats out at night. It always shocked me. It only it only lasted one year. It was not a very successful business <laughs> venture. <laughs> and now you have a successful software company. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's worth mentioning. So we have employees in nine states, and we have customers in twenty nine now. I think almost thirty states. Wow. Okay. So here we are, just coming out of COVID. Speaking of, and uh, here those of us in Nashville didn't just have COVID. We had a tornado. And then the world also had protests. So it's been a little crazy. Um, But take me back to that week, you're kicking along, your company's going good, you got your employees, got your nine states, got your uh, cash flow going and boom, overnight. Take me back to that. 
you know, as you mentioned, we were still really reeling from that tornado. That was what, March 2nd? Yeah. And so I think the, the, all of the wonderful people who came to volunteer and help in Nashville sort of contributed to maybe potentially spreading the COVID a little. We were kind of an earlier hotspot, although things aren't so bueno today. We're not through this yet. But I would say in February, I asked customers that they were planning. They were doing regular planning meetings for COVID. So, you know, we knew from the World Health Organization in December that this was bad and that this, it was going to spread here. There was, unless you stop people from flying, it's going to happen. I started hearing about it, I would say really more prominently mid-February. And then we had probably three or four sales cycles that were very exciting and about to close. You know, those last stages, one of them, we'd been negotiating this contract for five months with, yeah, large for-profit health system here locally. It's just things move slow. Now, after three months later, 10 of the people we were working with, 10 of the 10 we were working with, four are permanently rift. So that sales cycle is like gone. Um, but, you know, pretty quickly we saw people in the hospital setting really preparing to handle very sick patients. And they stopped doing their elective surgeries, which is how they make all their money. They stopped all their elective, you know, a lot of the even physician visits and so forth went, you know, telemedicine, which is a great process, but not mm-hmm. in person. So their business really changed overnight. And so they, if they were about to buy a software as a service, <laughs> they decided maybe it wasn't really time. You know, we've had some customers ask us for, you know, some kind of reduced payment for a quarter, but for the sure. most part, it's been okay. Yeah. The mm-hmm. new business stopped. So I have a whole new sales team. I had some people lined up to bring in. And so that, that's been difficult, you know? Well, and, and I think uh, we all kind of think that hospitals are recession proof. I know you probably did too. Well, my whole life they were, I mean, you know, nothing affects the hospital. First of all, 65% is government payers through Medicare right. and Medicaid. So yeah, we have thought it was recession proof. Now, the CARES Act has propped up, you know, the hospitals have done okay, but I think we're going to see a lot of them fail. We're going to see a lot of mergers. We're going to see at, at a more discreet level, we're going to see a lot of doctors who were maybe independent, who are now wow. going to be interested in being employed because it's just, it's hard to weather this long of a business closure. And many of the physician offices were six or seven weeks. Yeah. So other people are are figuring out, oh, gee, what do I do with all my time? I think I'll cook. I think I'll clean the yard. Meanwhile, you're you're running a business that is in the forefront, considered the front lines. You're working with the front line people who were the most visible in the press. You were in you were in like the apex of the whole thing. It wasn't like downtime for you where you learned to macrame or crochet. Yeah, we were not on pause. And in fact, I took the time to try to figure out, okay, you can't really sell to people that are on the front line at this moment, right? We, you know, our sales cycles went on hold. So we decided very strategically to, and also to, it was the right thing to offer our product during COVID to any hospital that wanted to use it. It's a slim down version, but, you know, we threw together that product offer pretty quick. And then, you know, the sales team started having those conversations. You, in the meantime, were going, okay, I got to pivot. I've got 20 full-time employees. Everybody's in a fog and you can't 
stop. They, your team probably went into COVID fog. I bet, I bet they did, but you didn't, you did It's not an option when we run a business. No, you know that. No, it's just, you know, I felt like on one hand, I'm like, super one more thing. <laughs> really? Okay, here we go. You know? Yeah. I, you can't, when you have that payroll pressure of paying people, they still get paid every two weeks. You have to figure out how to make it work. So yeah. I, I, and you know, the thing about the team, you said the COVID brain, you know, I've seen very odd things out of my team because we have always been a field-based company. So all of my sure. people work out of their homes Okay, and okay. we've always done that. We've sold our clients, half our clients over the phone, half we've been in person. So you've never been brick and mortar. You've always been remote. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had a little space in Chicago with WeWork. We had an industrious space in Nashville for a short time. So, you know, we do that occasionally, but no, with everybody together, we've never been that way. So we were ahead when everybody had to scramble to figure out how to, we already had all of that down. I mean, we were fine. Um, But what I noticed was that my staff, they're accustomed (laughs) to working from home, but suddenly now their children are there, their spouse is there. All the great, wonderful skits and videos of people trying to figure out Zoom. It was such a disaster. And for those of us, fortunately, who were already in the remote world and had that down, we could like pivot quicker and we had time to process quicker and move ahead quicker. I can't imagine what it was like for people that were like, oh, I don't know anything outside of this brick and mortar and my eight to five environment. Right. I mean, you're right. Zoom, for heaven's sakes, we had GoToMeeting, <laughs> WebEx, Join Me. I mean, we had every program and Zoom out there. You and I, when we wake up in the morning and when we go to bed at night, we're looking through the world through the filter of a business owner. We are not looking at it through someone who has a job or a paycheck that's going to show up in the mail every week. That's a, such a different mindset. And when we lay down at night, the problems are bigger. The solutions are bigger. Everything's just bigger. Well, stuff you can't control. I mean, we always worry about payroll, right? Did you ever in your wildest dream in the past decade ever think, gee, I wonder if a pandemic hits, what it'll do to my business. I think we never thought of that, you know. Never crossed. Never would have crossed your mind. Like, why would it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's stuff you can control and there's stuff you can't. Well said. So you and I are not just business owners. We're trying to run a business, a home, and a life all at the same time. We only have 24 hours, seven days a week, like everybody else, but it's just a little bit different. Because it's what I'm looking at the clock. It's 556 on a Saturday night. And here we are talking and this is not (laughs) unusual, right? (laughs) It is not unusual. You know, when you and I were trying to pick a time, I'm like, what time works Saturday or Sunday? And uh, in fairness, uh, you were one of the things that helped get me through the COVID because like the one time I brought over Bailey and Bosco and sat on your front porch and we just commiserated and talked. I mean, those are the things that help get us through. Speaking of your home, you don't just have one, you have two and you have two cats and you have two cars. You got a lot going on, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's It seems like there's always <laughs> something to clean cut. Maintain, repair, repair, maintain. Yeah, yeah. Or worry about. Worry about. Okay, but then here's the kicker. You paid it off at 35. I did. That was one of my 
Yeah, I read a book and I, I'm embarrassed to say, I can't remember what book it was. It was one of those <laughs> millionaire books. And, you know, I was, I don't know, probably 15. And they said you had to drive big American made cars till they yeah, died yeah. and then mm-hmm. try to pay your house off. And it's not me. My father's a math professor. He's retired. Um, but my brother and I were taught you pay yourself first. So you wow. put money to save before you pay your bills or before you decide to go out or go buy clothes. Then we just kind of were raised that way. I mean, I, wow. I swear my brother still has his first communion money. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And you told me a story of a boss that wanted you to buy a condo. Oh, and then right. years later, you figured out why he wanted yeah, this guy, yeah. so he, he recently passed away. This guy was great. And he passed away way too young. He was only like, I think he was only like 64. Um, oh. He, so one day I was talking to him, we were on a plane, by the way, his private plane going to a client. And we were going to three clients in the South. We were living in Chicago. The business was based there. And he just figured out it was terribly inefficient to try to take commercial flights. If you're going to Charleston, South Carolina, I think we did Jacksonville, Charleston, and oh my gosh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, all in the same day. Yeah, we'd do like an hour meeting in each place, get back in the plane, go the next one. It was hilarious. That's fantastic. Like, yeah, his son was graduating from State College, Pennsylvania. So I might be wrong. It was somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was a little town. And we left him there. And my colleague and I were in his plane on the way back to Chicago by ourselves. It was like it was like one of those pretty woman moments. But on the way there, we were talking about real estate. And he kind of, he said, well, what are you thinking about? And I said, well, I really want to buy this loft in the Loop area in Chicago. But it's a little bit of a stretch. So I'm looking at him like, you going to pay me more or what am I going to make? <laughs> and he said, I think you absolutely should do that. You're in sales. You know, you're going to reach for it. You're going to get it. You should definitely buy that. And then I realized when I became a sales manager, that's what you want. You want people highly leveraged, <laughs> highly now, leveraged. I've, I've noticed about you in running your home. I, I've seen you. I haven't been with you when you run your business, but we talk behind the scenes on that. So I kind of got you figured out there. I've been in your home. You are incredibly organized. You're incredibly clean. You make it look easy, Gail, and it's not. No. Yeah, I just think I move all the time. So, you know, you and I have talked about this. We don't really sit. No, we don't. My girlfriend's is actually um, at a lake house with my brother this weekend. My brother has a lake house. She sent me a text and said, your brother doesn't sit down. I'm like, why are you telling me this? He's 56. (laughs) I've known him his whole life. Like, I understand. Yeah. I'm 52. He never sits down. It's just, he, he, we just do things. And like they come for Thanksgiving to my house and we'll sand the deck and stain it. You know, my 84 year old father, my 80 year old mother, my brother helped me still, you know, do projects. It's just always been what we do. We work hard. I, th- I think I still think there are some families that hold to that and are kind of that way. But would you kind of agree that that's not, that used to be kind of normal? Yeah. Well, let's think about it. Your family and my family, I mean, my father's parents immigrated here to the United States and they worked hard. And it's like you and I have done in our company. If we don't know how to do something, you go, you, you know, you Google it, you look on YouTube if you need to repair. I mean, earlier today, I've been growing collard greens for having six in my garden. I've never made collard greens. I'm on, you know, all recipes today, trying to figure out how to make collard greens. Now I'm just going to have a lot of them. You should come by, by the way. I, 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 
Red Rover, Red Rover, I'll be right over. But you must, uh, you must have some kind of a routine, or you must um, have some kind of discipline. I know I used to have a thing on my refrigerator where Tuesday was clean the oven, Wednesday was. Yeah, I would say that, um, and you and I have talked about this before. I think for your mind to be clear, and there's so much in our world we can't do, right? And we don't control. But when you head in to clean a bathroom, you actually control that. It, for me, it, when I do a project that's repetitive, that I see a result, I it 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 um, makes me happier. Like totally you know, agree. Yeah, totally agree. Start, you know, on the Saturday and think, okay, well today I'm gonna, you know, I I saw this thing run by me on the hardwood floor and it's not a cat, it's a big wad of cat hair. So <laughs> it's time to get the vacuum out and mop the floors today. You know, so sometimes I do a lot of it on the weekends just because. I mean, it's COVID. What else? I mean, other than you coming. (laughs) So, so we've talked about how you are handling your business. We talked about how you kind of handling your homes, plural. Um, But people forget we have a life too, or we, we try to, I don't, I don't know that we do really great at it as business owners because our business, let's, let's be honest. It's a vortex that sucks us in and it's kind of really hard to, have a life. And like your brother, you, me, we're single. Now, a lot of business owners aren't, but we are. <laughs> does that does that say something? <laughs> well, I think it means we put everybody else first all the time. Probably. And that's not good. And you know, I have 20 employees. It'll be 21 on Wednesday. Wow. And I think of them as my kids. And so right. like, we're having four babies this year. Congratulations. Um, one year at, so you know it's excuse it I've got every every age actually. My people wow. are 24 to 65. No, 67. So I have wow. multiple spans of generations working for us. But yeah, I think it's um it's bad because I do everything else. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to clean the bathrooms. I have to get payroll out. I have to you know, so all of a sudden you know, you don't have the time or if I go out, you know, God forbid on a date and have a bad time, I'm like, well, that's a waste of three hours. Never <laughs> three get hours, I'll never get back. Right. So it's like, it's almost <laughs> like an attitude. The business. <laughs> I could have been scrubbing my floors. <laughs> and then on top of that, um, I just went through this and now you're there smack in the middle of um, taking care of two lovely parents. Yes. Yes. You've got some pretty funny stories. I think your brother was driving along the road and saw your dad. Oh, my heavens. Yes. So my dad is a big exercise guy and he's gone to the gym five days a week since he's retired. So my brother's driving on the outer road, calls me one Sunday morning at like nine. He's like, hey, guess what? I just saw dad. I said, oh, did you wave? He's like, yeah, I saw him on the outer road, Gail. I pulled over. He was jogging on the outer road. I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. So what I think happens is our parents age is there's this weird role reversal point where they kind of become, they, they make sort of snap decisions or decisions like teenagers would make that maybe you and I wouldn't think would be the best, but I think it's, <laughs> it's bad because they have fast cars, you know, lots of drugs in their, in their cabinet. A lot of times they have guns, they have money, you know, so they just do whatever they want. I'm like, wow, that is not a good idea. You know, (laughs) it is stressful. It's a balance of trying to help, but 
I'm kind of controlling and pushy and it's just, they've just slammed it back on me. It's not time to try to control anything. I'm just having to try to do what I can to help. But so I, I went through, I went through a point when I was trying to run my business and my home and my life. And my mom was calling every day, multiple times a day. Uh, are you there? Oh gosh. Yeah. So we have a rule. So I told my mom, it's like, when you call me, it's like you have a bat phone. So when I see your number, I will drop what I'm on. And you should call me in this scenario. Well, Gail, I got up today and I'm experiencing a little bit of chest pain. Should I take the nitro or should I call my doctor or should I go to the ER? Like, (laughs) you call me between nine and five. You know, you can text me at any time. And she's pretty good half the week with texting. Like some days she just can't do it. So yeah, the other day, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I'm calling you because your dad needs some pajamas for Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your job to get those jammies. I know I'm on a call with a prospect. Can I call you later? (laughs) Yeah, it's a little, because I don't think they understand what, you know, and also if you work from home, my mom kind of thinks, well, you're really not working. You're at home. Right. (laughs) We aren't working. So let's move into, do you even... (laughs) <laughs> I hate to talk about this, but self-care. I mean, it gets about five minutes of our week. Embarrassingly, you know, we're not real proud of that. We try to up it to maybe an hour, hour and a half. Other people are better at it than others. But how how are you do? How do you do that? Yeah, well, so I do a couple things that I am pretty good at. So one, I um, do try to meditate every morning. Now that works out about 60% of the time. But that helps me. I use one of the apps, either Headspace or Calm. I have Muse. I have like 10 of them. Um, And I like trying to have that quiet time and trying to free my, you know, really to be aware and all of the great benefits that come from meditating. Then I would say I was really good at the exercise until COVID. I don't know why that, you know, the wheels have fallen off that truck because I still work from home and I'm not traveling, but I'm not as good as I used to be. So you know, I'm better if I get out of bed early, meditate immediately, go for a walk around the neighborhood, then make coffee, take a shower, go to work. So I think having the structure helps. But another thing that I do that I've always done is I take a trip. Well, not now, but once a year where I'll go to um, like a spa for a week or on a retreat, a women's retreat or something. So I you know, you have that intense time for a week and then you try to carry some of that back with you, you know. It's fantastic. I, I totally agree. I think it's wonderful. And also you, um, you mentioned that during the COVID, you were pretty committed to, well, and I, I got to be a recipient of that girlfriend time, networking, um, trying to get our edge back. I mean, we never really just said, oh, well, it's COVID. We were always like, how do I get better? How do I stay better? Speaking of which, um, I know our listeners would love to know your better blend tip. And uh, so if you would let us have the honor of hearing what your better blend tip for this week would be. Okay. I have one that I really think is important. When you wake up in the morning, you have a choice. You can be happy or you can be not happy. And that's it. I think making it a point to be, you know, we could be upset that we're locked in our homes. We could be upset that we haven't seen family members, or we don't get to go on that vacation, but you can think about it like, Hey, I'm awake. I'm breathing. It's going to be a good day. I have whatever it is like to be grateful. And that's something I've tried to work on with my mom, because I think as you age, you, you can get a little grumpy, 
just, if you could just get up in the morning and the, before you do anything, while you're brushing your teeth, think about three things you're grateful for. Like, <laughs> Hey, I'm up brushing my teeth. That's the first one. <laughs> you know, I'm that's alive. That's one. great. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to thank you for being here today. Is there any last thing you want to leave with our listeners? Yeah. And every morning, make a list of your to do's and then check off, make a list. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being aboard. No, I want to thank you for inviting me. What a great, what a great idea. And I look forward to your success with this better brew. Thanks, friend. Of course. You won't want to miss our next episode where we will literally meet someone who's been there, done that, got the Louis Vuitton and lived to tell. And that, my friends, is what's been brewing in my brain this week. Can't wait to hear what's been brewing in yours. See you next week on the Better Brew Podcast. I'm Stephanie Huffman, wishing you not only a fantastic week, but that you'll find a better blend.